0: The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Yeah, we coming now. <laughs>
1: the bombshell. get up get up
0: this is get up get up get up drop the hey everybody what's up it's the original ecw original bay ragney chubby dudley or even easy rider and you are not only watching but you're listening to perched on the top rope
2: welcome everyone to perched on the top rope I am your host, former Dirt Sheet writer from Ringside News, Sportskita, The Sportster, The Richest. I'm your host, Lee Walker, and as you heard from that show opener, I am joined by an ECW original, and I'm talking an OG OG, because he was on the very, very first episode of ECW TV, Bay Ragney, Chubby Dudley. How you doing today?
0: Great, man. How you doing?
2: Doing great. and And- It was Easy Rider that made his first appearance on ECW television. But we will get to that a little later. I want to talk about your network, Totally Driven TV on YouTube. A wide variety of things, (laughs) if you will, from, I would say, the last 10 years of, of everything I've watched of yours, uh, not o- guys, not only music but television as well. And when I when I say music, I'm talking ex Quiet Riot member, also part of American Idol, James Durbin. Uh, one of my personal favorites, Happy Days, Don West. That was really, really cool to see.
0: Donnie Most, most,
2: most. Yeah, wow. Why am I? I- I'm thinking of that <laughs> wrestling for a second here. Uh, yeah, Don Most. So, I gotta ask. What, what started all of this on on YouTube for you, and and how did all this happen?
0: You know, it it's the crazy thing is, yeah, it's it started like ten years ago. We started doing, you know, when podcast everybody started doing podcasts, and I had wanted to do radio for years, but I never wanted to actually go to school to learn how to do radio and broadcasting. And I did an AM uh, wrestling radio show back in Philly in 2000, 2001, when I was promoting shows, that was my TV. And I I mean, I just wanted to do more of that. And uh, when podcasting started becoming a thing, I was like, all right, well, now's my way to do it. So I started doing a weekly show on um, the VOC Nation, which was a, a wrestling network. And Me and my co-host at the time, uh, Frank Cody, which he's also in some of them early ECW episodes, um, we started doing it. It was just me and him talking about, you know, wrestling and sports and entertainment. And we would do an hour each week. And then um, I, I wanted to start doing interviews again. So I started doing interviews on that wrestling radio show. And I always enjoyed doing it. And I'm a huge or I was a huge Howard Stern fan. And I always loved hearing his interviews and I wanted to do interviews like that. So I started trying to reach out to people and started getting guests. And then I was like, all right, this is how I want to do it. And then we expanded from one hour to two hours. And then, uh, we broke away and started the totally driven network, which we did. We were doing it was, the show at the time. was called totally Driven radio. And we did that. Um, then we expanded to three hours and we would do a live show every Thursday night and we would have three guests every Thursday night and me and then my co-host became a Nick Wilkinson. We would talk about our lives, open, honest, in depth. We would t- do our celebrity interviews and whatever else would happen. And we did that up until um, I started going through a divorce and we put the brakes on the show at the time, and then um, I started going through the divorce. Relocated to Nashville, and when the divorce was finally over and my life started to clear up a little bit, I uh, brought the show back. But it just and doing this video because thanks to the the pandemic, we got to do video now. We have Zoom and Streamyard and stuff like that. So, um, my co-host Nick. We never, um, whenever we did interviews, it was just me. He would lay back and just let me do the interview. So, when we started doing it like this, you would see the three boxes, the three faces, and me and my guests talking, and you would just see Nick sitting there like this. So, I it was like awkward and I felt bad. And, and I finally said, you know what, Nick, I, I think I'm just gonna like rebrand the show now as the Bay Ragney show and just do my interviews, and that's it. And then here we are, it's 10 years later, over a thousand interviews later. And I usually, like, you know, music has been a big thing in my life since a little kid. TV, entertainment, uh, wrestling, all that stuff. All the, the finer things in life that everybody likes and enjoys.
2: Oh, and you've definitely got a lot of the finer things in life on this channel. I subscribe to it. I, Thanks, I love watching the old interviews. But also, I've noticed a transition from videos, you know, being uploaded to, uh, now going more of the live route on on yeah. YouTube. So, what has that process been like for you?
0: You know, a big part of it, and it's my own like mental things. I know notice like doing this today. We're, you know, we're taping this, and when I'm a guest on people's shows, probably ninety nine percent are taped, and. I like to just do it live. I I, I feel if I'm doing it live, I can be on more and on my game more and, Mm -hmm. and have that pressure to really be at my best. And also too, I just don't have enough time in a day to get everything accomplished. So I don't have time to record and then go back and try to edit and everything and then download it and re-upload it and this and that, make it all pretty. So I just Boom. Do it live. It's up there. Thank you. All right. Great. On to the next one. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, I know that from experience because I'm, I'm still editing stuff from WrestleMania, like for videos that I've yeah, done. Yeah. Like,
0: and, but you got that's, the, it's, a, it's an art. And, and you guys that do it, and you were saying you had to learn how to, uh, you know, edit videos and stuff like that. Like, um, yeah, I, I just don't have the the time or the patience to start editing videos on top of everything else I'm doing.
2: Yeah, it's it's a totally different game when people who went to school for it as opposed to you know being self-taught. Yeah. You know, I, I have three different programs from CapCut, mm-hmm. uh um GIMP, Adobe Photoshop and then even uh Sony Vegas for video editing. Okay. So, you know, two for photos, two for videos. Uh I find that cab cut's actually a lot easier to
0: use. Yeah, we, we use why? that sometimes.
2: But, you know, if you're looking for that really, really professional look, I got to use the Sony Vegas just because it's, it, it does so much more. Wow. But it's also more complicated and takes me a lot more time if I do it that way. So, totally understand. I, I've gone the live route also. I do find it, a lot more easier you can uh, also feels more of having a conversation with somebody yeah. you know mm-hmm. live um which is actually the the feel that i'm going for here today because usually like i have bullet points and, and stuff like that i i know that i need to hit and i have right. those but i'm more of free open conversation chat have fun and and talk and I, I noticed also with your your page, you know, have gone, you know, with more of the live videos As, as and the videos, uh, have you noticed a difference with, with viewership as, as live as opposed to, all right, it's done, it's edited, now I got to upload it? Because like what I do is after I upload a video, I find I got to, you know, when I do it my way as opposed to live, I find I got to share it to a hundred different spots to get the same amount of views as I would, as if I was just live because people get that notification, Hey, they're live. And then they go and they look as opposed to, Oh, Hey, there's going to be an, you know, making a post. Hey, I'm going to be uploading a video on Friday. Yeah. You know, have you noticed a difference in that?
0: Not, you know what? Not really like for, for, you know, the, the Bay Ragney show I'm live, but then you know, I have, I got multiple freaking networks and shows. So uh, me and my fiance, Coco, we do a YouTube channel about our reselling business. And that is, you know, we, we use the CapCut and iMovie and we record stuff and film stuff and edit it. And then we share that out. Or with doing my Chubby Dudley channel now, you know, I, I'll go through and record uh, five episodes at one shot. And they're all recorded. And I don't have to edit them because I just record it and make the thumbnail and put them out. And it's interesting because I've seen benefits from both. You know, and let me ask you this. Now I want to interview you. You have some videos that will hit and and you'll see it. You'll see those numbers grow grow and grow and grow and grow. And you're like, yes. All right. And then you do the next video, and it's like, meow. like oh. what? W- what was what was so special about that one that made a hit? And then the next one tank. It, it's like this crazy science that I've been trying to figure out for ten years.
2: the The algorithm to YouTube has been so so funny because, like, I've got videos forty thousand views on mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. and then I have a video that I posted, I think right after it, that got 59 views. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, (laughs) I use use a program called TubeBuddy, which helps with the SEOs and everything like that, and the SMOs. But like, I look and I'm like, what was, what, like, why? Like, what? And and you think you did something wrong. And, and, you know, you could have just, Typed one thing worded differently that didn't match with the SEO or whatever, but right, you know when you get such like jumps in views like that, uh, it's absolutely crazy. Like I, I remember, I posted our interview with Road Warrior Animal. Okay. Didn't really do that well, and I'm like, wow, I can't Mm. believe that. Jake the Snake Roberts, the first video, four point one thousand and i'm like was he trending that day or something like did i miss something like it's same with like you know all these other you know it's for whatever reason it's hit or miss and the only thing i know about the algorithm of youtube is if you have a certain number of videos in a row that are like low then they like they drop you like they 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 mm-hmm. make it like they make it harder for people to mm-hmm. to see your stuff because hey you know you're doing bad but then you yeah. know you get that one video that does good and next thing you know all of a sudden you go back and you check and you got three or four older videos that like just jumped in views because of that one did so well so i've noticed that there there's benefits and and not benefits as live and, and not live and stuff but
0: I, I, I mean, I think in the big picture, I don't think it really makes a difference. I really don't.
2: Yeah. Now, you have all these different channels. How How is it manageable for you? Because yeah. I, I know you've got yeah. YouTube at totally, Driven, you know, at totally Driven TV. You've got your reselling. You've got the t- Chubby Dudley channel.
0: And I have a couple others, too, that are getting affected. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So like how how like I know you said with with Chubby you'll do like five in a row. And
0: you that's that. see that's the easiest one to do because, yeah. um, with that one you know what I do is I'm watching the history of ECW from day one, mm-hmm. t- uh, television, and I, it's a funny story how that whole thing started too. But um, so I'll go through like I'll probably record the next set of episodes maybe even today. And I'll be on episode, I think I'm up to episode six. And each TV episode so far has five segments. So I'll get five YouTube episodes out of that. And I'll do my my thing and I'll it'll take me, you know, an hour to record five episodes. And then I got them set up in YouTube and I'll go through and um, make the thumbnails for them, get the titles and everything ready and have them ready. And I just scheduled them to launch every three days. Oh, wow. Now, so that one's the easy one. Yeah.
2: Now, where can fans find that channel?
0: Uh, It's called React and Chill with Chubby Dudley. It's uh, at Chubby Dudley official on YouTube.
2: Awesome. And you have your reselling, which mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of because I do that with action figures. For those of you that are watching this on YouTube, you can see behind me. I've got a whole Hasbro setup of figures. Mm-hmm. What what's been hot? What's not hot when it comes to reselling? Like what you know? Is there specifics you look for? <laughs> what's the whole process like? And where can fans watch that? Because I am a big fan of that stuff.
0: So so that channel's at Coco Bay Official, and that's a it's such a crazy business because again you know with that it's uh you know our home base on that for selling is eBay, and mm-hmm. again you're at the mercy of the algorithm so to be get that algorithm constantly going you have to constantly be listing so i usually list an on average of 10 items a day sometimes 15 sometimes 20 so i have to you know do sourcing multiple times a week and find stuff cheap so the the place the main place i go now is the goodwill bins and if people don't know what that is it's literally Goodwill has their stores Mm -hmm. and you go into your store and you can buy stuff. And that's where we started doing it. And that's where most resellers started was in natural, just Goodwills. But the prices in Goodwills are through the roof anymore. They're now considered like boutiques. So they've been inflating prices and you can't really make much profit off them. So they have what's called these outlet stores, which is the bins. And it's literally like a giant warehouse room. And it's where their main warehouse hubs are that sends out to the stores, but they'll get stuff that didn't sell in stores or stuff they won't even send out to stores. They'll just throw them in these bins and put these bins out, and you fill your card up what you want and you pay by the pound. So, like, my big thing is right now is hats. I have probably. I have almost nineteen hundred items listed on eBay currently. Probably easy a thousand to twelve hundred of those items are hats. Oh wow! Yeah.
2: So hats are a hot seller.
0: They they sell, and, and I end up for a hat. I'm paying like 25, 30 cents, and you know I sell them for ten bucks up to. I've sold hats for one hundred and twenty dollars. So, you you never know. I'll go fill a cart up with hats. I'll pay 20 bucks and walk out. I think the most I walked out with one time was like 90-something hats, like $23. (laughs) So (laughs) from a standpoint, I look at it like, all right, it's a great uh, score because it's going to give me a lot of days of listing, keeping that algorithm going. And I had a very low investment and a, you know, even if I sold each one for yeah uh, if I sold a hundred hats for ten bucks each, you know so much yeah. a thousand dollars in sales so
2: very very cool i i've I'm always big on stuff like that for me as a as a figure collector. what I've done is uh I don't just buy one figure. I buy like five or six of the person. you know what I mean so you do that. Um, up in my my master bedroom. Is uh, a lot of boxes of uh, Hasbros elites. Some are signed, some aren't signed because I would like when I went to meet Ric Flair, I had the man sign 10 of his Hasbros. Wow, I think I still have like three or four left. Uh huh, I hold on to them though. Now, at this point, uh, the Hasbros are like I would say for me as, as a collector, the more. Going to be the harder to find signs, which people are already struggling, uh, as collectors to find certain people, especially those who are no longer with us type deal. We have a lot of those, too, literally all put up in boxes and cases and stuff like that. Uh, the elites, you know, again, depending on who it is and whatnot, depends on the you know how much it's worth. But like for me as a collector, one of the things WWE is doing in that realm is they have this new series line called Greatest mm-hmm. Hits. Okay. And it's basically just repackaging figures. Oh. Yeah. Um. So there was a WWE Elite of Harley Race that's really expensive right now. If you go to look for it, hmm. it's a two three hundred dollar figure. Just okay. it's that that very hard to find. Sure. While I was at WrestleMania at the Superstore, what shows up in Greatest Hits Series 2? Mm. that Harley Race. Now it's going to be the it's literally the same figure just in a new package. design box, new package. But for me as a collector, if I'm selling those figures on eBay finding the the rare one, mhm when that figure drops, now I'm not going to be looking for that older figure because now the price is going to drop because there's a new one out of it. Literally the same figure.
0: Will it drop or, or will it go up?
2: In the instances that I've seen so far with greatest hits series one, it's driven the price down.
0: Okay. Interesting.
2: Uh, series one had uh, one or two, like kind of rare. I remember. And it drove the price down, Hmm. so I'm fully expecting the original Harley race to go down, just because you know for for that reason. Um, And just right now, with figures alone, prices are down. I've noticed. Okay. The height, the height was at the pandemic. Um, you know, people just had money. You know,
0: everything was up during a pandemic.
2: Yeah. You know, and now the prices are. I would say probably down to where prices on figures were in 2018, 2019 about. So, you know, there was a, there was a time when it was up like that. Now it's like, it's gone down to here again. So
0: I do know though, like those Hasbro's though are, are really, you know, people, I I keep hearing people talk about them more and more now. It's kind of funny. They used to be so easy to come by and now people really want them. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It's, I have an entire collection. I've got the entire thing carded, All-American. Wow. Uh, I also have the original of Series 1, which is 5 and up for Hmm. the age, because it was like after WrestleMania Six, they changed the age to 4 and up. Uh, They also did it with the dual language card. So, like, right now, that's the biggest thing I'm chasing, is the 5 and up dual language Hmm. which is the original age that they had the Hasbro set at. But I mean, I just started getting into like the prototypes of elites. I've got a boxed survivor series prototype of Hulk Hogan. I've got a series 100 of Andre, the giant prototype. So like I've been, I've been getting into those which are much, much cheaper prototypes compared to the Hasbro's. Hmm. because i've seen the cheapest hasbro as a prototype be i believe 3500 all the way up to matt cardona with the rhythm and blues greg the hammer valentine of twenty thousand dollars (laughs) wow so like wow but yeah quite a quite 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 the the price difference in, in those and you know, there's all sorts of like Facebook groups and everything mm-hmm. uh, with you know action figures and stuff like that. Have you have you utilized other forms of social media for the reselling?
0: Um, you know, Instagram, TikTok, we're on. I I, I personally I don't, you know, I'm not a big fan of the whole TikTok thing, but mm-hmm. like you have to be on there. <laughs> it's you know. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'll say this it's an amazing, it's by far, I think, the most amazing piece of technology, um, for social media. I really do. But the things I see on there, I'm just like, as a civilization, what the hell is wrong? <laughs> what is going on out there?
2: So, I, 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 we're on TikTok too, fans. You guys know this. TikTok perched on the top rope. Um, our biggest claim to fame is we have a uh, video of the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan being humped by a dog.
1: What? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Every time at the end of a podcast show, I always plug the video because I'll say, "You can follow us at TikTok.com/slash perched on the top rope." uh we have all sorts of great content there from did you know today in history and if none of those tickle your fancy you can watch the taskmaster kevin sullivan get humped by a dog yes fans you heard me correctly the taskmaster kevin sullivan getting humped by a dog and like it it just so happens uh you can thank your buddy andrew anderson for that video
0: oh that's too funny
2: (laughs) yeah he had actually posted the video on uh Facebook and I saw it and I was like, yeah, I got to borrow this. <laughs>
0: ah, that's hysterical. I just, yes. I, I just, I've known Andrew for, for, uh, probably about five, six years now, maybe even longer. Um, but they were just here in Nashville a few weeks ago. There was a big music convention, mm-hmm. uh, rock and pod, which, uh, is the reason that originally brought me here, uh, four years ago. And, um, it was split up this year was rock and pod. It was the one day convention and they partnered with a comic con, but Kevin and Andrew were there on Saturday and Sunday. And I was a guest on Sunday with those guys. So I met uh, Kevin for the first time Saturday. And it it was kind of funny because I'm like 90% sure I never met Kevin Sullen before, but he acted like he knew me. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, so happy to see me. How are you? Like, hey, Bay, how are you doing? And he gives me a big hug. And I'm thinking to myself, I've never met Kevin. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Okay. But, you know, I'll take it. But I, I'm like, I, I don't think I ever met him. And, and then I'm, like, going through the Rolodex. Like, maybe I was on a show with him at some point. I don't remember. So.
2: Well, while while we're on the topic with, with wrestling and everything, uh, you're doing your videos as uh with chubby dudley what's it like to be back kind of in the limelight of professional wrestling
0: it's you know this whole thing um started uh back in back in november so uh one of the guys who i interviewed on the bay ragney show i've become like almost best friends with his name's rayan belcher and rayan uh used to play Bass in uh, Wednesday 13's ba- Solo band uh, He was on his first album tour And he, Then he left that and he's done some other stuff With Wednesday they did like an acoustic project Called Bourbon Crow And now he's got like a uh, He had a country like southern rock Country band called Early Ray And he does some solo stuff um, But he's like a huge Pop culture guy and wrestling Fan so When I interviewed him he was like Sometimes people will look me up and he was like, dude, you're freaking Chubby Dudley. And then he starts interviewing me. And so we hit it off, became friends. So it was around Thanksgiving. I'm sitting here. I'm doing eBay stuff. It's like midnight. And he texts me. He's like, yo, bro, you up? I'm like, yeah, what's up? You all right? He's like, I have an idea. I got to call you. I'm like, all right, call me. So he calls me. He's like, look, I just got home like three, four hours ago. I did an acoustic gig earlier in the day. I came home, and I just laid in bed watching ECW on YouTube for hours. He goes, next thing I know, I'm like, oh, my God, it's like three, four hours later. And then I'm thinking to myself, wouldn't it be cool to hear Bay's thoughts and opinion watching these matches? I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, dude, do a reaction channel. You sit and watch the history of ECW and give your thoughts on the matches react to stuff and talk about anything you know about it. And I was like, dude, that's fucking genius. Oh my God. So the wheels started rolling, started putting it all together and launched it two weeks later. And I was like, I, I, I was like, I think out of anything I've done, this is going to be like the, the easiest thing to make pop off and, and happen. And then, um, about a month as about a month and a half, two months ago. Again, I'm sitting here doing eBay one night. I get a text message from Sign Guy Dudley. Yo, bro, um, I just hooked up a deal with a guy doing uh autographed ECW trading cards. He wants to do a deal with you. Are you interested? I'm like, hell yeah. So as a matter of fact, signed a deal and we got Chubby Dudley cards that I've been selling and he's, he's got a batch and I got a batch. And so I've been selling them online. And next thing I know, I get that. I make the announcement on social media that I have these within seconds. I start getting hit up for appearances. I got the, the appearance at the comic comic rock and pod. I got booked on a wrestling show in June for an appearance. I got booked on another comic con in July. Um I'm doing a, private signing for a group in England in a few weeks. So all these things out of the blue, I'm talking to you again. I've been doing a bunch of other podcasts. So uh, all of a sudden Chubby Dudley business is back. I even, uh, there's uh, (laughs) one of the old pizza shops from my area back in the Philadelphia area uh, where we've been talking about possibly doing a Chubby Dudley sandwich or pizza so that's even in the world. There's like all these crazy things that are like in the works and happening. So yeah, Chubby Dudley's back and uh, bigger, not physically, but bigger than ever.
2: <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm glad where can fans find the the cards to get?
0: So they can uh, just, you can either email me Chubby Dudley ECW at gmail.com or on my uh, Facebook page. I have a Chubby Dudley official Facebook page or um, Instagram, the Bay Ragney show, just, uh, shoot me a message. I did. I'm actually doing a weekend special this weekend. And I announced that yesterday and boom, sold a handful of more cards. I'm doing a $15 cards are 15 bucks. That includes shipping. And even, it, you know, whenever you put this up, people just mentioned they saw it on here and I've been include, uh, including a free autograph picture as well. So they'll get the card and the picture, 15 bucks, includes your shipping and Hit me up, awesome.
2: awesome guys! Make sure you hit him up for cards, cause uh, I'm going to as a collector <laughs> myself. Uh, especially, uh, I'm 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 totally glad you brought up sign guy. I interviewed him a while back, and I did the Love same. Uh, got a card. Uh, he did an autograph photo, but I also like went the extra mile, and I got a pair of his glasses ECW worn, so uh that's awesome. big 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 dudley family fan here and you brought up sign guy i also just recently met devon dudley okay talked to him uh gonna do an interview with him soon as as i had talked i'd been trying to one of my favorite goals has been in this interview game to work with basically the entire Dudley family that is still alive. So, you know, having knocked off Sign Guy, having you on the show, uh, d is next in my eyes, and he was totally cool with it. You're back in this game, I gotta ask. Could there ever be a possibility of a Dudley family reunion? I'm not talking... Just Devon, Bubba, and Spike fans. If you know about the Dudley family, uh, we've covered this before mm-hmm. the Dudley family history, youtube.com person on the top rope. Do you think we could get one of those reunions?
0: So, and I'm pretty sure, like when we talked about it last time, like, you know, I get approached here and there about it. It was very, very close to happening. Um, late last year, um, there was the, uh, you know, Rob Feinstein runs these icons of wrestling conventions at the old ECW arena. And when he did the, the one in December, when he announced it was gonna be an extreme reunion, when he announced that, I think in September, I started getting contacted and I got contacted by a half dozen different promoters that wanted to try to do this Dudley reunion. And I was connecting people with people, and um, it was close to happening, but there were some reasons why it didn't happen for that particular reason. It can very well happen, and I think at some point will happen, but there has to be some um particulars. I'll say, particular, I'll just leave it at that. There's got to be some particulars that need um straightened out,
2: all right? Yeah, because it is. A lot of different talents, part of the Dudley family in itself, and you know, as a promoter, if you're bringing everybody in, I'm, 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 everyone's in different areas. Like you're looking at flights, hotels, yeah, uh, even yeah. Pri- even pricing on talents themselves to be brought in. Um, I can only imagine, just as a promoter, what they have to go through to you know get that many people together, part of the the family there.
0: You, you know what, like. Here's the thing. It's it's probably one of the number one questions I get asked um, from fans and and uh, show hosts as well. And there's never been a opportunity, I'll say, to have all of the Dudley Brothers that are still alive together at one shot, because there's been, you know, there was multiple versions. There was ones that come and go on, including myself. And um, there wasn't many opportunities to have all of us together. So an opportunity to put us all together for one of these conventions, it would be, you know, financial situation of course because like you said flights and hotels and stuff um but <laughs> it would be well worth it yeah you know I, I i think that would be the major draw of the convention and um even you know people say to me like friends of mine in the business who i still talk to they'll they'll say to me they're like dude like you know you were there for a year and a half you were kind of like you know, yeah, you weren't as popular as Sign Guy or, you know, Bubba and Defon or Spike or Big Dick or whatever, but you're like that Dudley that a lot of people still remember and it's hard to track down and hard to get, you know, autographs of and this and that. So you're kind of like that Easter egg they're looking for.
2: Yeah. And like me, if I have like a photo like one of the ones that sign guy sent to me has more obviously than just him in the photo Mm
1: -hmm.
2: like now I want to get the rest of the photo signed by the rest of the guys you know what I mean so like if I have a photo with Bubba, Devon, Sign Guy, Chubby Dudley Mm -hmm. in it I want all four of those guys on it and yeah, what made me bring it up is we recently just had National Sibling Day. And from my uh, Twitter page at Perch Top Rope, I had tweeted at yourself, Bubba, mm-hmm. Devon, sign guy, Dudley, uh, photo, happy National Siblings Day. Yeah. You know, uh, and you quote tweeted it, and Bubba Ray quote tweeted it. And that's what got me thinking like, hey, here's all these guys here again. Devon recently got out of his WWE contract and I just met him at WrestleCon. He's doing a bunch of appearances and everything yeah. like that and he's done some even with Bubba and it just kind of made me think why like now could be a great time for this to happen mm-hmm. and I'm so glad that you brought up the Icon show because no pun intended. I mean, it's intended, I guess. <laughs> how iconic, how iconic would it be to have the dudley family reunion at icons of wrestling at the twenty three hundred arena a k a the e c w arena
0: yeah uh yeah uh, i i i don't there's there's some i don't wanna say what yeah i do it's not my place to say so i <laughs> just leave it at that
2: <laughs> i just think that would be like the the coolest you know to have it there. It,
0: on, in, in my honest opinion, I feel that's where it should be. That's where it should happen. That's where it should be. I don't think it will. I mean, um, unless uh, something changes, you know, things change. It could, there's a situation that could change. I don't know. But um, it's not it has nothing to do with me.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm in. Just put it that way. I'm in, and I'm ready. You know, right I've on. told uh, everybody that asked me. I told them, you know, my price and what I need, and um, it was agreed upon six times. So,
2: <laughs> so the possibilities there for a Dudley family reunion. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Promoter. Somebody's got to make it
0: happen for uh, yeah. God forbid one of us uh, drops dead. You know. Tomorrow's you promise know, to nobody, so come on, people.
2: I mean, not to go off a, a spinoff, an honorary Dudley member was just lost, and it happened at okay. uh, uh, wrestling. Uh, it was at WrestleCon. He was supposed to be scheduled. Uh, first time back in the United States in, I think it was like 15, 20 years, uh, Butch of the Bushwhackers yeah. passed away. Uh, Fans who don't know, the Bushwhackers were actually honorary Dudleys at one point. Mm -hmm. Um, The promoter that brought him in was Scott Wilder. Um, As a a fan, I had said this, that I don't think it was meant for Butch to attend this autograph session. Mm. I think the intent was let's get Butch to reunite with Luke one last time. Butch had already had a bunch of medical issues that were already going on, but the fact that he, got to... he
0: didn't look too good in his last set of pictures I'd seen.
2: No. And he had done a, a small video with uh Scott for icons. Okay. And he looked, Small and frail, and you could hear in his voice, he didn't sound good, but I was happy in the sense that he got to reunite with Luke. Yeah. In that in That's that the most important thing. In that instance, that you know, he got to see his longtime friend. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they'd been together as a team for like fifty years.
1: Well, yeah.
2: Or something like that. Like some big number and um i I don't know if a lot of fans remember that with with the bushwhackers but i certainly do so i wanted to Mm -hmm. you know bring that up and absolutely you know especially since you had said if one of us goes like here you know the opportunities here for people to get in touch with everybody that's still alive in the dudley family and i for one would love to see it happen now
0: I mean I honestly like I, I I really would too like uh lose the one I've been in touch with the most over the years and um I have reconnected with Devon guess it was about 4 years ago he did a comic con in Philly and mm-hmm. that was the main reason I went because I wanted to see him and uh we ended up talking for like an hour there about everything and then um a short time after that he did a we I did an interview with him and you know, we talked about everything again, and um I've sent him some texts, like, after that, we kept in touch for a little bit, but then I went through my divorce and everything, and I just was out of the loop for a lot of, and I had never reached back out, but I have not spoken to Bubba Ray, um I mean, it might be at least 15 years, and I really would love to, because we... um We had we had a lot of similarities, a lot of same interests, and we were kind of on the same page with a lot of stuff in life. I think, Mm -hmm. Um, and I miss the dude, and 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 I'm so and and this goes for Devon and even Spike. And um, I I didn't really know Spike. I kind of left shortly after. Um, I, I I say it all the time, like I'm very proud of those guys and what they did, and they they. They're still to this day working their asses off, busting their ass, and that's why they are the greatest tag team of all time. They freaking deserve everything they got. More power to them, and and especially Bubba Race, you know, and and even Devon. They've got their own side hustles and things they're doing, and hell yeah.
2: Now, as a, a Dudley family member, how did it feel watching the Dudley boys go into the WWE Hall of Fame?
0: Um, be emotional, emotional. Because it's, it's, it's weird because I still remember, you know, being in the arena with those guys or being back at the Travel Lodge and, you know, doing promos and, and, and things like that. And, um, just being a bunch of green guys in this crazy business trying to find our way. And, um, from the time I left, like, and and I I, I talk about this on on React and Show with Chubby Dudley, like when I was let go initially as Easy Rider, and then when I left as Chubby Dudley, you know I became very bitter, as most people do in the wrestling business, and I stopped watching ECW. So there's gonna be coming actually coming up on these points now. Where I'm at, like in early ECW, I haven't seen that stuff because I stopped watching it. And even after I left as chubby, I stopped watching it because I was so bitter and angry. And I didn't... It took me about a year before I watched again. The first thing I watched of ECW was the pay-per-view. I watched it live at a friend's house. And I, I actually, I had tears in my eyes. I really did. Because... That was the ultimate goal for that locker room, was that point. And to see them hit that and get that, knowing what it meant to them, and even to me, being on the outside now, I was so proud of them. And But seeing those guys go up, they from the time I left, it, they went so far in that year, it was unbelievable. So watching them go into WWE and rise and then into the Hall of Fame, it's it's truly an amazing, legendary ride.
2: Yeah, they. Uh, I remember I started watching ECW. I was in. I think I was in middle school, but to catch it was at, like odd times on the MSG channel. Mm-hmm. You know, there was times you would catch it Saturday at seven a.m. or it would be Sunday at six a.m. Oh, wow. Or it was Saturday at 2 a.m. There was never like a set time that you could catch it. Huh. So at the time, you know, the younger fans won't know what the TV guide channel is, but you had to go to you had to go to channel two and watch this whole thing scroll down <laughs> the channel until you could, right. and you, had to, you know, and then you would, you know, you would see like by the hour what was coming on. And if you didn't see it, then you'd be like, oh, okay, well, at least I know I can get till Saturday at 2 a.m. And then check back at two a.m. to see okay when is it airing? Yeah, and if you missed it, you missed it. Like you didn't, you didn't know when it would be back on. And during the week, it wasn't. It was just a weekend thing that was random times. Mm-hmm. But you know, once it moved on and and they got past that and was more uh, predominant with like TNN and things like that. Obviously, it was a lot easier to to catch. But sure. it was definitely um, definitely felt like a, a tape trader type deal. Like you'd have to trade tapes with people to catch the if, if you missed something.
0: That I mean that really made that whole world um I think explode. That was a big part of that whole tape trading world of the nineties. Um and I was part of it. Believe me, I I was a good friend of mine who passed away. He had a, a tape trading business and I used to I used to get every I well, I don't have it no more but I had a I was a huge Smoky Mountain mark I had every episode of Smoky Mountain I would buy you know every six weeks I'd get my new Smoky Mountain tape with the last six episodes and, or uh, USWA stuff or um, you know I was taping my own ECW stuff each week and uh, it, but I was seeing and then the, the whole rise of Feinstein's world of RF video and then he had the fan cams and everything and yeah, it just exploded. And you would see even back at the hotel afterwards, um <laughs> exchanges in the lobby and bar of people buying tapes off of people and, and, and trading and stuff. It was it was a you know an interesting world. It was way before social media, the internet was just barely starting. Yeah. It was a weird, weird time.
2: Yeah, and like for me, that would be how I would catch ecw was if i if i couldn't catch it on msg it i'd have to uh trade tapes or you know wait till there was a pay-per-view to catch what you missed Mm. um but i was i was a huge ecw fan like i fell in love with it it was something totally different from wwf wcw so it was it was just really really cool and then you know, to hear the back history of it as Eastern Championship Wrestling, which is where you had started. So I gotta ask, with uh your your Chubby Dudley reacts, is it was it weird to watch the first episode with you, but you're not Chubby Dudley? Like was it weird to react to yourself?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Um No, that part wasn't weird. It's, it's actually it's embarrassing because, um, you know, at the time, seeing it, I was 23 years old. So I was like, shit, I'm on fucking TV, motherfucker. You know, I was happy as a pig and shit. But, you know, now that I'm going to be 53 in a couple weeks and I look at it, I'm like, man, that looks so bad. <laughs> it's so embarrassing <laughs> it's uh, uh my match is bad i look bad the the quality of the show itself is bad it's just an all-around bad product <laughs> 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 and, and i say it like on almost every episode i'm just like like there was you know eddie gilbert was brought in to be the booker you know eddie had this uh pretty good career to up to that point, you know, and was well known in the, in the wrestling business. And he, he was, he has had the book in many other territories and territories and federations. And now he has ours. And I was a huge Gilbert Mark. So I was excited and and happy as a pig and shit, but you know, we got phased out and a lot of other local guys got phased out and we were pissed off and angry. And that's why I went and started my own federation at that point. But When I'm watching this stuff now and I say it multiple times and I just keep saying, we were not primetime ready. We were not ready for TV. And I totally understand from a Booker standpoint why he got rid of us because we shouldn't have been on TV. That It was not a good look for a federation. You're trying – to build something, and you got guys like Terry Funk and Snuka and Eddie Gilbert, and then you're bringing in Morocco, and then Paulie come like, you're bringing these well accomplished superstar names, and then you got Easy Rider there who can't cut it. So I totally understand why uh, why we were let go.
2: <laughs> now you, you talk about after that you started your own thing. How? much different was it going from professional wrestler to booking and and everything because there's a lot of things that i don't think fans like fully understand like what an independent uh promotion has to go through with um getting talent you know the ring getting stuff set up uh finding a venue paying for venue you know and paying for everything so what was that whole process like going through it? Did did you get advice from others, and, and how did that go?
0: So actually, it it was a pretty natural thing for me. And something I really realized as time went on, I was doing it more, was number one, that's what I, I wanted to be doing that part of it and enjoyed doing that part, especially the booking part of it more than actually the wrestling part of it. I enjoyed creating those storylines and watching them unfold. Um, But putting it all together, especially that very first show I did, um, I had gotten in touch with the person who was my number one influence as a promoter was Joel Goodhart from the TWA, who was underground. He was in hiding, but um, I found him. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I did some digging and I, I tracked down his number and I called him and um, started asking him advice and getting some tips and help from him. And um, I was also at that time uh, wrestling singles for Jim Kettner in Delaware with ECWA and uh, Kettner was a huge help and he rented me his ring and um, let some of his guys work for me. Uh, one of them being future ECW guy uh, Simon Diamond, uh, Lance Diamond. So it, it um it's a lot of work. Getting talent is the easiest part because everybody wants to work, everybody's looking to get booked, um, and everybody all of a sudden is your best friend, but promoting the show and drawing a crowd that's where the work comes in it's a lot it's it's very hard it's not just uh you know back then again it was before the internet so it was not just oh we're gonna post the poster here and everybody's gonna come (laughs) it's uh we were posting posters in like a three four mile radius on every pole and every storefront window and uh yeah it was a lot of work a lot of work
2: I can only imagine because I have friends in that business and I, I watch them and seeing it from that side, it it gives like a whole new respect to uh, independent wrestling promoters and even the promoters that bring talent in to autograph shows. Yeah. Like I I've gotten to be part of that. I, I did a little during COVID with cassie lee and jesse mckay formerly known as the iconics when they won the impact knockouts tag team belts and i did it with uh karrion cross and scarlet when they were released from wwe as well okay. and just that side alone was enough for me to realize like wow this is a lot more work than i thought it was
0: it's also um it's very scary because you're on the freaking uh you're you're on the line your wallet's on the line for this yeah. stuff you know and um those early liberty all-star wrestling shows you know we were not running consistently we were, we would run one show every few months because at that you know we had to Find buildings and then find a building that would trust us to rent it out. And then you got to find buildings that are cheap enough and and try to make it work or try to get a sold show. This way, the money is guaranteed, which is very hard to do. Um, when I left the business completely around 97, when my first daughter was born, um, I came back two years later people kept asking me to restart Liberty, restart Liberty. So I restarted it. And then I went into this full blown promoter mold. I didn't wrestle. I just was the promoter. I was the booker. And I took complete influence from now from that point of Paulie, I, I, all this stuff I, I would sit in that dressing room in that locker room, every show and just watch Paulie. I watched him work and he was a tremendously huge influence and, um, I tried to model myself after him as a, um, promoter, more so a booker. And I feel the shows that we did in that two year run of Liberty all-star wrestling. Cause at one point we were running every other week. Um, I thought those shows were fucking phenomenal shows and we had, I still to this day have people come and send me messages or if they see me in person still rant and rave about those shows but the problem was nobody else saw them they were very small crowds you know which in that two year time I lost $20,000 wow so I I, and this is a true legitimate story like I uh, my ex-wife at the time she Told me, she said, like, "You know what? How about you just quit work?" And she had a half decent job. She's like, "Try to get this off the ground. Put your all into it. Focus on it." And so that's what I was doing. It got to the point where I was like a thousand dollars behind on my electric bill, and the electric company was at my door, shutting my electric off, and I had no money in my account to pay because we had just. Lost it all on a wrestling show because you gotta pay the talent. you gotta pay the bill, you gotta pay the insurance, you gotta pay the license. Everybody's got their hand out. You gotta pay three hundred dollars for a doctor to be at ringside. You got you know, all these things add up. And my electric now is being shut off, and I have three young children in my house. I have my wife, I have a house that's now in the dark. So at that point it was like eh, wrestling, goodbye. Shut the doors and I walked away from the wrestling business. And I really, I even stopped wrestling. I really have not watched wrestling since that day. And that was like 21 years ago.
2: Wow. So that's what I mean. Like there's, there's size to it that like fans don't get to see. So I thank you for telling that story because I don't, I don't think a lot of fans realize what a promoter has to go through just to even get a show to happen and how much every money show, is sold out before
0: two guys ran. Uh, yeah every show i did you know you, 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 i would have my my sheet lined up with everything i needed for each show before i walked in that door usually average i needed 200 ticket sales just to break even and you know most shows today you know unless they're packed with these established names are not drawing 200 people
2: yeah um And that was one thing I noticed since AEW has started. I have a local promotion near me, uh, based out of Binghamton, New York. And they used to bring in a lot of, you know, former WWE or former this talent and that talent, Mm -hmm. things like that, because it brought people in. Yeah. And I'll be the first to admit it 100% does because. I would hear certain names and being like, Oh, I've got a figure of that guy. I want to bring it to get signed or, Oh, wow. I I really want to meet this person and interview this person. I'm Mm -hmm. going to go. So that always drove me to go, especially for me because it's about a two hour drive. So it's not really local, but it's the most local independent promotion I have in my area. Okay. Since, AEW Ring of Honor has all been purchased, you know, owned by Tony Khan. They're not bringing in any of those names,
1: mm.
2: you know, and some of the, a lot of those names are in AEW now or in gotcha. Ring of Honor. So one thing I had, I had asked about when I had, I had talked to said promoter was that uh basically the prices of these guys have all gone up. And if you're like a collector like myself, who goes to the autograph sessions and things like that, um, a retired legend like Greg the Hammer Valentine would be a $40 combo. Mm -hmm. Get your photo taken with him, get an autograph, $40. Now he's got new figures, still has new figures coming out even. And now... With COVID and everything, his price has gone up. He's like a 60, 80 dollar combo. Wow. A lot of the a, a lot of the people in AEW, the cheapest that they are is 100 dollars Yeah. So like prices have gone up immensely. And when I was talking to my promoter friend, it's basically has come down to I can't afford mm-hmm. a Darby Allen when you know, back in the day, because I'd interviewed MJF okay. right after he had signed his AEW contract at this show in Binghamton, because he actually called me a fat bastard. I'm 190 pounds. So I was like, <laughs> okay, like whatever. Um you know, a guy like Darby Allen, who at the time of these shows, like he'd even just brought up recently, he's known MJF for six years on the independent scene. Darby was like a fifteen hundred dollar guy. Now I can't. Now you can't even, I don't even think you can get him to wrestle. But an autograph appearance for him is five thousand.
0: Holy shit!
2: And you know now they all got managers and managing you know companies that do all the legwork for him. Where you and you and I know that back in the day you called the talent directly or you emailed yeah, him directly. Exactly. to them and and Mm -hmm. now if like now AEW, they got managers so like a manager's getting part of that till so the prices have all you know skyrocketed to where i'm a guy as a collector who if it was a convention i'd have five six figures per person type deal Mm -hmm. now i'm picking and choosing what i'm going with because i i as a fan can't afford to pay those high prices like that
0: dude honestly like i don't know how I don't know how these fans do it. I really don't because there there's uh there's a wrestling fan who uh who'll hit me up a lot on uh Facebook and he's a huge belt mark. That's a whole world which I don't really understand, you know. And he's all into belts, you know. And he's like, "Hey, um Would you one night he says to me, one night, uh, he's like, uh, me and a bunch of my buddies are on, uh, some Facebook, uh, chat, like kind of like a Zoom thing. He's like, Would you mind coming into our room and just saying hi to everybody? We got some ECW questions to ask you. And I was again doing eBay, so I'm like, Yeah, all right, yeah, I got like 10 minutes, I'll hang out. And the all these guys are all belt marks, and dude, they were showing me their belt collections. I mean, one guy he had. He was walking through his house. His whole house was case enclosures, wall to wall. It was like a $50,000 collection of belts. How the fuck are these people doing it? I don't understand. And, you know, I'm coming from the old school where, you know, back in the 90s, as either a wrestler or even a promoter, you know, to get a belt back then, there was only two people in the business that did it and if you needed a belt for your federation you're you had to order it and wait almost up to a year till you got that belt well these belts are perfect high top notch quality belts and they must have uh, i guess companies that are pumping these things out now because all these people got these belts and they're walking around the streets and the arenas what the heck? what are these people doing for money somebody tell me
2: I don't know, but I can tell you a couple things about it. One, when I was at WrestleMania a couple weeks ago, they had uh, basically like food truck vendors, but they had they were selling belts in at this uh SoFi Stadium. Okay. <laughs> and these I'm telling you, man, WWE licensed these trucks and just put belts in them, and belts were flying like crazy. People were buying them four hundred dollars yeah undertaker limited edition belt eight hundred dollars and people are just and i'm going yeah and i'm like i'm pissed that i gotta buy a t-shirt that's forty dollars right because i don't want to pay forty dollars for a t-shirt but they're not even thinking twice about a four or five hundred dollar belt and i'm like now i'll admit i was at wrestlecon I paid the 150 to meet Mercedes Monet, former Sasha Banks, 120 to meet Trinity Fatu, formerly known as Naomi, 120 to meet Goldberg. Like, those are names I know I'm not going to meet in a long time or if ever. So, like, I paid Undertaker I met. He's a bucket list guy for me. It was 200 a photo with him alone. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, like... I was like, it's my first. I, I think
0: to myself, I, I could have had photos with these guys back at the hotel, drinking with them, uh, you know, at the Philly Marriott. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, so I'm like, it's my first mania. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Would I? Would I do it for a regular meet and greet? No, I'd be like, no, nah, it's that. To me, that's too much. Wow. But this, I hit. I was like, it's mania. I get it. But like, I'm watching people. Buy belts like crazy. One guy bought two belts and just whipped out a thousand dollars like it was nothing. I'm sitting there going, um, unbelievable. Wow. Like,
0: unbelievable.
2: Now, I do have uh, a belt. I am a Hasbro collector. So these rings behind me come with this little belt, (laughs) a little dinky thing. And it's not very intricate. It's just, a very basic, like eagle wing, WWF old school looking belt. I actually right. had one by a company out of Rochester, New York, called uh JB Toys. Okay, he's a big, he, he makes belts. Uh, there was actually a recent photo of Cody holding basically like a custom white eagle wing, but it had Cody's logo and stuff on it from his neck tattoo. Yeah, that's the. Like- made it was jb toys out of rochester new york so i had him make me a hasbro belt and because of like showing off the one he had made for me he ended up getting like a dozen more orders for the same belt wow and i mean it's 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 heavy it's this thing weighs like 20 pounds
0: you know i wonder if you know because i mean look at the, the 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 flare belt it was that was the belt and that was it you know that was the belt that yeah. changed hands and they would just they would change the, the nameplate on it but you know WWE was the one that really started you know when they would change the the belt on somebody else they started making these custom belts for the person. I wonder yeah. if they thought then from a merchandising standpoint that this explosion would happen or you know what I mean like they, I mean because they started with the replica belts. they were like a hundred bucks a pop 125 and now they were like here we go well
2: and wwe even has like different stages of belts that you can buy like the basic is a four or five hundred dollar one but they have an elite you know the the better premium leather thicker plates it's like twelve hundred dollars
0: oh my god yeah and
2: people were buying it people were buying it i i they had like um
0: people must have huge credit card limits. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like they had pieces of the ring, like the the ring skirt like autographed by Cody and Roman Reigns and it's just this little block. $200. Wow. And like and it was in like a little stand up like this. And I was like if that was 100 I'd think about it, but even at 100 I'd want to pay 50. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just, yeah. Like I mean, they had a WrestleMania belt autographed by Triple H that was 3500 Wow. And I was like, whoo. You know, but again, I was complaining about spending $40 on a T-shirt.
1: Yeah,
0: I'd like, hey, be with you. you it's know, amazing how mainstream and high-profile wrestling truly is. I mean, really. Oh, I, I, I think it's probably second behind the National Football League
2: yeah and you know that WrestleMania it's the Super Bowl it's the NBA Finals it's the World Series yeah, of baseball yeah. like it's all of that wrapped in and it's it's a two-day thing but like and
1: two yeah the the, the
2: the the commemorative WrestleMania Cup this year from Wrestlemania 39 I mean they're five bucks each they're on eBay for 20 30 bucks a pop wow the cup the the, the, the drinking yeah. glass out at the stadium or at the Superstore that I paid $5 a cup for. I got three of them. They're going for $30. bucks. Look at, like they will look at the WrestleMania chairs, night one and two. If you didn't get it with your ticket, they're on eBay right now for $300, 400 $500 a piece. Wow. For a chair to sit on. That's crazy. You know? So, I get the special events and stuff like that when it comes to, to pricing and everything. But the belts, I... I got friends that are belt collectors, and they go through people in the Middle East and pay, and still paying three hundred dollars to get to get a belt made. You know, at that point for the extra hundred, I'd be at
0: WWE shop for fifteen dollars, include your shipping. <laughs> Chubby Dudley autograph card. I'll even include a free picture. Tell me what you want to write on there. You got it. Hit me up, chubbydudleyecw at gmail
2: and Make sure you do because I'm a collector and I'm going to get some Chubby Dudley <laughs> signed cards. Uh, I'm, I'll probably even pick up a couple and you know we can give one away for uh fans who listen to this show. So, in order to do that, Chubby, I'm gonna have to have fans answer a question, yeah. So, let's uh let's let you come up with the question and you know by the end of the show if we have it that. The first fan who answers the question and uh the YouTube comments will get a free Chubby Dudley card on perched on the top rope.
0: Hmm. Oh, what can the question be? Hmm. Gotta think about that one.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you sit and think on that one. So you you get through uh on on Chubby Dudley Reacts. Watching yourself as Easy Rider, mm-hmm. how is it going back from that point? You know, have have you gotten to anything Chubby Dudley related?
0: No, I'm I'm st- like I said, I'm just about to record the the actual sixth episode of ECW TV, so <laughs> I have a long way to go.
1: Yeah, a long and way to go.
2: What's it like going back to to watch? uh some of these matches that you might have even forgotten have happened or even seeing superstars you know like jimmy snook uh road warrior hawk for a little bit was part mm-hmm. of ecw that's right um even uh this one i i always like to bring up mr hughes was part of ecw curtis
0: yeah 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 he, so, he was there when i was there um you know, the crazy part is, like, I, I really went into this, like, blind. And and kind of almost like somebody who hasn't watched ECW ever. And I, like, really had forgotten um, these shows. And, and um, except my two matches on TV was, you know, the, the opening match of the TV uh, series. And then... Ah, uh, the one I just did on the last episode was us against Snuka and Morocco, which was the debut of that tag team. But the crazy and most um, eye-opening thing—I I don't even know if that's the right word to say—but I, 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 I forgot about the Rock and Rebel, and he was a person who got me into the business. And we did a lot of work together. Um, we I was very I was friends with the guy from day one. I was enemies with the guy from day one. We had an on again off again relationship. Um, I was also friends with his girlfriend at the time and then became his wife, Stephanie. And um, we had a fallen out in the business for many years and we had reconnected due to the, the world of Facebook and we had hit it off again. And from a friend standpoint, because there was no wrestling business involved, it was it was friends. It was, <laughs> it was like PayPal. You're sending friends and family. It became like a friends <laughs> and family relationship between my family and his family. And he had children now. And, and actually Stephanie was one of my sponsors for uh, quite a long time of totally gym radio. She had like a little side business she was doing. And I I totally blanked out about the whole uh rebel thing. So when he came on my screen that first time, it it, it was it was like a knife in the heart, man. It really Fucking hurt, and it's still to this day. It still hurts. I, 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 I can't even say I, I don't believe what he did. Um, I and I can't say I didn't see it coming because people that knew Chuck knew he was a little unstable. Um, and there was a situation that happened, uh, ten years prior, no, twenty years prior. In the nineties, so it's, it's 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 like I I I want to cry talking about it. Like it's it's such a rough thing to see when he comes on the screen because I see him, and sadly, all I see is what he did, and I see. His, <laughs> I see his fucking wife in a coffin with her fucking chest rebuilt with a fucking piece of wood, you know. So that it's very fucking rough to see that.
2: Now, when you first like filmed it, like, did you have to stop or anything, or like, did I,
0: like... I, I, I stopped the the, the match and, and talked about it, um. It, it was it was like it was like totally being blindsided. Like I can't, be, like I couldn't believe, like I really blocked him out of my my memory that much. To to see him just brought it all back, and then I actually like you know after I recorded, it, I was like, do I even put this out there? The the. Do... But I, I, and here's what I'll say. And you know, a lot of the boys in the business, you know, they've talked to me about the situation when it happened, and um, you know, watching these videos. And the number one thing everybody always says is he he's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, we know that. We 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 know, um, and a lot of people knew it when he was alive and and working with him, and the thing i always say still is you know there was a, a sneaky dirty slimy side to chuck but there was some good in the guy and he he did he did some good towards me he did some bad towards me but he did that to everybody and it just really just fucking sucks that he got to that point and did what he did because I, I, am sure he probably, I'm, um, I, I would think he'd want to take back what he did.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, fans for those of you who don't know what Bay is talking about, you can go to his channel uh, with chubby Dudley reacts to, to hear all that. Uh, I'm not going to push any of the topic if fans want to know. They can, they can go listen on your channel about all of that. Cause mm-hmm. that was, uh, yeah, that was, it was, uh, quite intense from everything I, re- I remember hearing and, and whatnot and what's out there about the situation. So, yeah. um, when you were in ECW, whether you're easy rider, uh, chubby Dudley, uh, you know, at that time there was still there was a lot of legends like mm-hmm. from WWF, WCW that were there. Uh, was there anyone that you went to for advice, or anyone that you like purposely sought out to get advice from that you felt um, could help you?
0: you? You know who the I I I can tell you who the very first one was that I felt was approachable and open and wanted to help because that up until this point, and this was still early ECW before we had TV, um, you know, guys like Snook and stuff like that. They were, I mean, they were just there, you know, they, they came and did their thing. He did his top rip splash and all right, brother, see you next time. Um, but they brought Terry Taylor in for like a weekend of shots once. And, um, you know Terry had worked behind the scenes with Vince and some some other federations over the years, and he really genuinely like wanted to like help and teach, and, and you could ask questions and 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 he would talk to you and you know he you know for the the, the few matches he did watch he would point things out to you and I remember we did a um. A battle royal on one of those shows and i made a point i wanted to partner up with him bad so i went right to him because i i, I just wanted to fucking you know have a ball and fucking play around and and but it was such so much fun you know uh Ter- terry taylor was definitely the first one
2: oh wow and i tend to ask everybody this who's been around him what was Mr. Hughes like backstage? Um, I noticed, uh, even though he was, he was there um, in 93, and then he was there in 96, and a very, very brief stint in 98.
0: Yeah, uh, so I guess it was 96 then when I met him. He was it seemed very, very cool. I think he was kind of quiet, very cool, nice guy.
2: Okay, because yeah. he, uh, he's he been very open when an ECW because when he was there, he was actually part with Shane Douglas, like yeah. tag team manager type mm-hmm. when Shane dropped the NWA title and then picked up the ECW title type right? Digitally. Mr. Hughes wasn't there for that, mm. but at that time he was tagging with him in ECW. Yeah. Um, but while that tournament was going on, he wasn't part of that. Um, so I, I always tend to, to like to ask because I think people tend to forget ECW was ECW before ECW with the Eastern Championship, which I yeah. saw a lot of the guys you had brought up, Snuka, Morocco, um, Road Warrior Hawk, you know, I had brought up and and Curtis yeah. Hughes, one of those guys that was there. And, but he was also very open that he didn't want to wrestle the ECW style when he was there, when it was extreme championship wrestling.
0: I mean, honestly, I don't think, you know, a lot of the the veterans that would come in wanted to. It's, it wasn't their style, and, you know, they didn't it, – it was um, – I mean, let's face it. It was an extreme style that most people weren't used to, even the boys in the business. Like, you know – I I started my training in 1990, uh, September 1990. And as I was going through my training, and even in those early days of ECW, you're taught, and I was taught, to be very smooth, make it look good, but do not, don't hit the person. If you hit the person, you're going to get hit back. Just make it look good, and just work smooth. You want to be known as a smooth worker. Well, 1994, 95 especially, it's a whole new world now. Now, when you're in the ring I, and you're talking over your matches, I went from being like Mr. Smooth to telling people, fucking hit me. You better hit me. If you don't hit me, I'm going to hit you. Because I want it to look right. I want it to look real. I want it to look legit. I don't want it fucking, especially in Philly, I don't want them saying, pussy. And stuff like that. Oh, you fake, didn't hit, yeah, fucking hit me. We're friends, we're cool. I, I'm not worried about it, just hit me. So it changed that, qu- like overnight. It went from, you know, very, even chair shots. You know, you would try to pull the chair shot. It went from trying to pull it and protect your partner to, oh, I think I just gave you a concussion. Oh, are you still breathing? <laughs> like, you know, it, it, it changed quickly.
1: Yeah, and
2: I'd actually gone back and watched some earlier Eastern Championship Wrestling because I was curious at at just how much of a change had happened, and it progressed rather fast. You know, even though like there was those legends of Snuka and Morocco and Hawk and all them there, you know, the guys who later become the big names in ECW sandman dreamer uh even shane douglas Mm -hmm. those were the guys going out there having the extreme matches at the time
1: yeah
2: and shane is someone who had just come from wwf yeah uh raven was someone who had pretty much just come from wwf as johnny polo yeah so there were there were some of the the guys who had come from wwf who said i need to stay here because this is where i'm going to make it I've already been over on that side and I know the grass is not greener for me. And that's like the vibe that I got when, you know, I'm seeing guys like Hawk and Snuka and Morocco, like they're already big names. They're like, no matter what happens to them, people know who they are, Mm -hmm. you know, where I'm watching the Dudley family and dreamer and a young Sabu coming in and a rob van dam and all those names they're the ones doing the high flying they're the ones doing the the hard hitting action you know they were the ones that were making it extreme championship wrestling while it was still eastern championship wrestling watching that transition and then watching the transition of like the legends i don't want to say phase out but like hey you know that's not their style and then to slowly watch it come into its own is a really cool transition. So when I watch Chubby Dudley reacts, I can't wait to watch the, you know, the transition of ECW to ECW again to ECW is how I look Mm -hmm. at it and see those transitions and and how you react to it.
0: You know what the crazy thing is too. And the most shocking thing to me actually doing this now is people really are interested. I I didn't think people would be interested in the Eastern Championship wrestling stuff, but people genuinely are super intrigued and interested and want to know the whole Eastern Championship wrestling backstory and, and and situation and I'm getting so many comments and emails and messages from people thanking me for doing this. It's kind of like overwhelming. I I'm, I'm like I'm very shocked. I I figured people would be like, eh, all right, come on, let's get to the extreme stuff. But people are truly enjoying the Eastern Championship Wrestling stuff. And it's, and I, I say it every time, it's not a good product. It's a very bad product. <laughs> I, I I hated the product back then. I hated it. I, I was not, from day one, from, from Tri-State Wrestling Alliance, Joel Goodhart, that's what ECW was, Extreme Championship Wrestling. That's that's what Tri-State was, was extreme. And then we went into Eastern Championship Wrestling when Todd took it over and it became like a watered down um almost like a WWF at the time situation. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? This is not what we this is not what we built our name on. This is not what we built the Philadelphia territory and area up as we just totally changed lanes and go in a different direction. But when Eddie came in, Eddie Eddie knew what was needed, and Paul most obviously knew what was needed.
2: Yeah, and I was always intrigued by the Eastern Championship Wrestling, which is why, like, when um, starting from the very first episode. I was curious, like, how did you react to yourself? So, like, going back, I can't wait to watch each episode because I want to see your reactions progress as it goes into that, as it goes away from the Eastern and becomes more extreme. Yeah. Especially when we see, I guess, up and coming talents. Yeah. Like, especially when you get your first exposure to like the Dean Malenko, Ray Mysterio Jr., mm-hmm. Psychosis, uh, Eddie Guerrero and things like that. Uh, it It's going to be really, really fun to watch. So if you could just uh, for fans reiterate where they can go for the Chubby Dudley show and where they can go back for all your other content, too.
0: So uh, just go on YouTube, and the channel is React and Chill with Chubby Dudley instead of Netflix and Chill. It's React and Chill. And um, it's YouTube has changed now. Now they're trying to be kind of like a social media. So there's an at. You can just go at Chubby Dudley Official. You'll find it. Um, and it's uh, it's literally match by match in order. I'm going right through ECW. I'm on episode five right now. I'm going to be launching another episode tonight and um it's, it's actually it's it's very entertaining and fun. It it really is. It's um and I can't wait to just cuz like I said a lot of the stuff I have not seen yet. So I can't wait to see all that stuff. The, the actually the one I'm really looking forward to see which I think will be start coming up soon is um Matt Bourne When they did the Doink gimmick, the Reborn, I thought that was freaking brilliant. Yeah. That was, when I started hearing that stuff, I started getting, I was like, oh, there's something going on here. And then I started, like, my curiosity was really started getting peaked. So I started tuning back in now as not disgruntled Easy Rider, but a fan of the business. And I was like, oh. This is not Eastern Championship Wrestling anymore. This this is definitely uh, a little different, and this is fucking good.
2: Yeah, that was one thing I'm I'm a huge fan with, um, especially because as the reborn as as the Doink character itself, mm-hmm. um, totally different look too, yeah. which was yeah. really really cool to see. But then also, you know, that's where you get to see the the change in uh stunning Steve Austin, if you will, when he's an ECW and
0: I was a huge from from day one. Me it's funny because, you know, I would go to the newsstand. I had a local newsstand um Dice to go and buy all my music and wrestling magazines. And I would go there once or twice a week. And I would go there and I would see through all the magazines this feud of Steve Austin. Me and Steve Austin started like wrestling school at the same time and started coming up at the same time. And I was seeing what this amazing feud he got put in with his teacher, Chris Adams. And now ex-wife is... I, I remember looking through that. I was like, this is unbelievable. And I was a huge, stunning Steve Austin fan from day one. And through all his stuff in WCW and the Hollywood Blunt, everything that guy did. So when he came through those doors in ECW... I was like, "Oh yeah. Oh fuck yeah." And um I mean, I I remember sitting there uh at the arena for the that short time he was there. Um we would sit there. We had the monitor, we'd all sit around and watch what was going on on the other side of the curtain. And I would always sit right by him, and usually he would sit with Mick Foley. And I remember they were talking back. They would always be talking about, you know, that they, they had their contract offers with Vince. And, they didn't know what to do. They were kind of scared and they didn't know if they should take the chance or take the leap, but the money and this and that. And I would just sit there like acting like I'm watching the screen, but I'm actually watching them right in front of me and their conversation. <laughs> but um, yeah.
2: That's, a, that's incredible. And uh, I got to ask you, is there anything that you wanted to touch on, but we didn't get to talk about?
0: No, I, I think that's yeah. everything, man. I, I and I and honestly, thank you. Like, thank you for giving me the time. Thank you for the amazing conversation. And thank everybody. Like, it's still kind of shocking to me. For you know, I was truly blessed by getting, you know, the chubby Dudley gimmick. Even though it didn't, I didn't get to do things I wanted to do. I was still blessed to be part of that family and part of extreme championship wrestling and even the OG role of being in the Hell Riders and Easy Riders. So, you know, my career in wrestling maybe didn't go the way I had hoped as a kid in their twenties. Um but now as the um guy in his fifties, you know, I look back and it, it taught me so much in life. And uh, I'm just grateful that people even give a shit, care, want to talk to me. Um, and I'm just, I'm just thankful and grateful, seriously.
2: Well, I appreciate that. And I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, last thing I want to do is the floor is yours. Plug all your shows. Let everyone know where they can find you. And especially when it comes to uh, getting those autographed Chubby Dudley cards.
0: All right, so uh, yeah, just all you could do is Bay Ragney, Bay Ragney on Instagram. The Bay, it's the Bay Ragney show on Instagram, but um, the Bay Ragney show on YouTube. I'm on Facebook, the Chubby Dudley page on Facebook, um, Coco Bay, my reselling channel. Lee and number one, please too, and and this goes for Lee too and Lee's channel, like. People don't realize how truly important it is to give a thumbs up, drop a comment, and please, please subscribe. Like to get these channels to start generating money, you know, it, it's all it needs. It's just a simple little thing like that. Like I'm, I'm like, all right, I have twenty five hundred friends on Facebook, but my channels. I mean, some of them like haven't hit that thousand mark yet. One of them has, but I need we need at least a thousand to start monetizing. So come on, people. Help us out.
2: So make sure you go like, subscribe, and comment on everything for Bay Ragney, and you can do it for Perched on the Top Rope, because we know that struggle. Uh, so fans, if you want to know what it's like uh, for YouTube anyway, at least a thousand subscribers, but then there's also a certain amount of watch time you gotta hit in a year too. On top yeah. of that, so you gotta hit both. So make sure you go watch his videos, make sure you subscribe, like, comment, help that algorithm out. Uh fans, I wanna thank you for tuning in today and listening. Bay, I wanna thank you for coming on the show today. I had a great time as always. Uh fans, you can listen to us uh anywhere and everywhere. Podcasts are found, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle. You name it, we're there. It's perched on the top rope. You can find us at YouTube at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. And as Bay said, just hit the at symbol and perched on the top rope. I plugged TikTok earlier. I'll do it again. It's TikTok perched on the top rope. Uh, we do hilarious Selena scenes where we recreate the greatest wrestling moments in professional wrestling history, because you're not going to tell me otherwise Zack Ryder winning the intercontinental championship at WrestleMania was not one of the greatest moments in professional wrestling history. And there's also uh did you know today in WWE history, which in today's WWE history video that was posted nine years ago today, El Torito. Yes. The, the little um, Spanish person, El Torito, who was with um, Diego and the other guy, the El Matadors or whatever they were in WWE, uh, beat Drew McIntyre. That's right. Former WWE champion Drew McIntyre was pinned by El Torito nine years ago today. So go check that out on TikTok. And if that doesn't tickle you your fancy, well, we brought him up earlier. You can watch the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan get humped by a dog. That's right.
0: Humped I can't wait to go, a go a look dog. at this video.
2: It's hilarious. It's like a little chihuahua dog. It's hilarious. Like- <laughs> Like he's just got his arm resting there and it just starts <laughs> humping his arm. It's great. Um, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash on the Top Rope. You can find us at Twitter at Perch Top Rope because Perched on the Top Rope was too long. And last but not least, you can find us on Instagram, Perch on the Top Rope Podcast. Fans, remember, spoiler free is the way to be. We're out.